guy came up to me one day and he said, Frank, I got this tip. I got this tip on the stock market. And I was like, yeah. And he says, Frank, this is gonna explode. We need to get in on this. We're gonna just rake in the bucks. You know, I'm a young guy and I'm thinking, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I take that $50,000 and I say to him, right on. I'm gonna buy $50,000 worth of that stock. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Frank Moffat. Frank, are you ready to rock? I am ready. Let's awesome, go. awesome. Frank Moffat is an international best-selling author, motivational speaker, lifestyle coach, music producer, movie producer, TV producer, and founder of Your Second 50, of which I am in, My Second 50. Frank has spoken in over 17 countries around the world, including the main stage at 2013 BIBF Beijing International Book Fair. In years past, Frank managed his four sons, the Moffats, to international music stardom, and that is true, has dined with presidents, prime ministers, chancellors, and sultans, has traveled to over 62 countries, managed the world's largest English teaching training company, TEFL International, and coached numerous youth sports teams to regional and provincial championships. Today, Frank is focused on enhancing the lives of others mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually with purpose and passion. And I can personally say he is doing it and I can feel it. So Frank, take a minute, fill in any tidbits about your life for the audience. I don't think that I can really expand on that other than I could say that right now I'm kind of involved in this little puppets kid show, which is kind of a cool, you know how they say that, you know, when we're young, we stomp in the puddles and then when we get really old, we stomped in the puddles. Well, I kind of feel like I'm really enjoying that component of, I want to get back stomping in puddles. You know, I want to enjoy playing now. Fantastic. And we deserve that. Darn it. We've made it to this point and we deserve to enjoy. In fact, I live with my 80-year-old mother who's with me here in Bangkok and uh, I try to bring more happiness into her life because, man, it's tough sometimes. So anyways, well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, <laughs> tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, you know... I'm actually a pink colored glasses guy. I usually can find the positive in everything. I remember, you know, I'm a young guy and I'm probably, you know, maybe around 21, 22 years old. I'm living up in the Yukon of Canada, up in the north, and I'm working at a mining company. And back in the day, you know, we could work double shifts and, uh, you know, we, we were just raking in the cash. So I was making more money than any lawyer in Canada, for sure, working in a mine. I was crushing. And a guy came up to me one day and he said, Frank, I got this tip. I got this tip on the stock market. And I was like, yeah. And he says, Frank, this is going to explode. We need to get in on this. We're going to just rake in the bucks. You know, I'm a young guy and I'm thinking, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I take that 
$50,000. And I say to him, right on, I'm going to buy $50,000 worth of that stock. And it was a little tiny penny stock of a line, tiny little mine that had one little shaft up in the Yukon. But there was a lot of silver in that mine, or so they said. So I put the money in there and everything was going great. I mean, it went from like a nickel to about 55 cents. It was going out of control. I could just see myself living the rest of my life in paradise in a mansion with a swimming pool and all these girls serving me little fruity drinks. This was going to be unbelievable. And the stock market crashed. And when the stock market was crashing, a buddy of mine called me in the morning and says, hey, the stock market's crashing. And I was like, what? And he says, it's crashing. And so I called my broker and I said, sell. And he goes, at what price? And I was like, who cares? Sell. And he goes, well, actually, there's no point selling. Nobody's buying anything right now. It's just going. And I said, so what's my stock worth? And he said, oh, about three cents. And I was like, so I have less money than I put in? And he was like, well, pretty much. I was like, okay, well, how do I get out of this? I said, just sell it. Just sell it. I don't know. Maybe about a week later, he called me up and he said, okay, so I'm sending $3,000 to your bank account. <laughs> so I had $3,000 out of $50,000. And I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, greed is an amazing thing. If it sounds too good to be true, chances are it's too good to be true. And I have learned things over time, especially things from you, in fact, yeah, yeah. you know, that the stock market never goes down. But, you know, when you're a little guy and you got all that money in there, you don't think about the money. You're you think about only the money you're losing. You don't think that it could ever come back. You know, and that's what you know, like when the banks all collapsed in America, had we all been smart enough to buy a gazillion dollars of $1 Citibank and $1 Bank of America, you know, right now we're billionaire or certainly very multi-multi-millionaires. Mm. And that is a big lesson that I have learned about the stock. One thing about the stock market, when you invest in the stock market, don't invest for the short term, invest for the long term. And the second thing about the stock market that I've learned is that you don't get in if you don't have the money to back yourself up when things go south. It's kind of like investing in houses, right? If I don't have the money to cover mortgage payments of my houses for six months, I shouldn't buy so many houses that when one mortgage collapses, I lose all the rest because I'm overextended. I could go on with bad investments, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think that's part of the, of the excitement of being an entrepreneur. I think that we make bad investments and we learn from it. And you and I were lucky enough to have a little bit of a discussion beforehand mm -hmm. about the possibility of writing a book together that really could be a great educational tool for people to want to invest, right? So for me, it's kind of like when we first talked about investing, oh, geez, what was it, 10 years ago, maybe, eh? or, or maybe more. We were sitting out there in that little cafe and you're explaining all those things to me. And I was thinking to myself, you know, why do people not heed this advice. The truth of the matter is they don't know about it. The truth of the matter is that people don't understand the power of compound interest. Mm. The truth of the matter is that people don't understand about paying uh, bi-monthly mortgage payments and saving yourself 
$100,000 on your overall mortgage pay. People don't know this. They yep. don't know it. And we're talking about it, so we know about it. Obviously, the people listening to this show have a desire to know, but how many people in your family, your family, who you are the expert of experts, how many people in your family going down your lineage are going, what? Hey, exactly. like it's amazing. And that's why when you have the courage to build a show like this, to me, it's so inspiring because now I, I just turned 64 the other day, right? And so now I'm 64. And to, next year, I'm 65. You free cash from the government. No, free. The killer on that is, think about that. Think about all the money that you give to the, like, I don't know about the U.S., but uh, for Canada, all the money that we invested over the time of our lifetime, paying our taxes and that. If I would have invested that into a fund, I would have over a million dollars in there. And they want to pay me 500 a month until I die. That's What's a good wrong? lesson. That's a good lesson yeah. to not rely on the government. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, well, there's so, yeah. so many different things that I really, that, that, that's going through my head. The one thing I, I always say, I wrote my book about how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market. And I didn't come up with anything revolutionary. I just tried to simplify things and I wrote it for my five nieces. So in my lineage, five people gave them all $3,000 when they graduated high school. And I said, here's the methodology, start using it, open your accounts. And those five ladies are now growing their investment following that. So I tried to simplify it in that book, but Somebody asked me about it and I said, you know, the interesting thing is that the world is full of knowledge and books about, for instance, losing weight, eating nutritious, that type of thing. So is everybody fit? Is everybody skinny? No. I think you've got two parts. Many people, as you say, don't even know. They don't even teach a lot of this stuff, for instance, in schools a lot of times. But the second thing is that even when you know it's still hard, you need a nudge. That's an important thing. Let's go through the, my takeaways from your story. The first one is, I always say to people is that if anybody contacts you by phone, verbally, or anything about an investment, that's your cue not to invest in that. Where and were you back then? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, believe me, I have my share of mistakes. But the point is, is that nobody's contacting, very rarely are people contacting you for your benefit, they're mainly contacting you for their benefit, number one. Now, in this case, that may not have been the case. It's just someone that says, hey, I got a cool tip. That brings us to the, the next thing, which is, of course, a mistake number one of all the mistakes that I've seen through my work on this is not doing your own research. So clearly, that was a case. But the other thing I think is that when new people, when people come into the stock market for the first time, Sometimes they just think, hey, this is how it's done, you know? This is how people make it because they get a good tip from somebody and they got the guts to go in and do it. But reality is, is that at that time, you knew nothing about all of this. So you, you went in like ready to give away your money. And as I say, in the financial industry, the less you know, the more they welcome you. Whether that's brokers, fund managers, you know, so many people, the less you know, the more they welcome you. You couldn't go into a profession like law or a dentist or a doctor. You couldn't just walk in and open a doctor's you know, office. So, but in the financial world, you don't have to have any experience, any knowledge on anything, and you can join us. Come on in. The water's fine. Now, another thing that you talked about, I think should be highlighted is this could have been a good company. Let's just say that it was a good company by chance but you had a bad market. If you're not familiar with what to do, you know, with a good company in a bad market, how to handle a market 
you know, downturn. Now, I produced some research in my book where I shows that every market eventually recovers, at least in the US. There are some markets around the world that have crashed and died for a long time. Also, if you're investing outside of your home market, you're exposed to foreign exchange risk, and that's a secondary risk. But in your home market, chances are that the market will bounce back. It may take one year, five years, but I found, for instance, that every downturn in the U.S. market within five years, it had come back, exceeded the prior, you know, it had made it back to where it was prior to the collapse. So markets do ultimately go up. The last thing that I want to highlight is something that's kind of a technical issue. What you want to be careful about is investing in thinly traded stocks. And usually these very, very low penny stock types and low value stocks or what we would call a thinly traded stock, meaning there's just not a lot of volume going on. Nobody's buying and selling it. Obviously, the opposite of that is a very, very blue chip company where everybody's buying and selling every day. Problem with a thinly traded stock is that sometimes the price can gap down. And that's what happened in this case. If it was at 55 and next thing you know, oh, how did it get to five or three or something? A lot of times because there's no volume, nobody's buying, somebody has to throw in a bid at a really low price to get anybody to do anything. And that gap down can just kill you and wipe out everything you got. So be careful with thinly traded stocks. So anything that you'd like to add to that? Well, no, other than the next time I come to Bangkok, I'm obviously going to pick your brain a little bit more. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got, we got lots to talk about after this call. All right. So now here comes the, the final question I have for you, which is actionable advice. Based on what you learned from that story and what you've continued to learn over your years, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? For me personally, the one thing is to just take a little more time to do a little bit more research, to slow it down so that it's not an impulse action that is going to come back and burn your fingers to the bone. Perfect. Take time. You're committing serious money. All right, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Frank, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Uh, stay tuned because I think there's an awful lot you'll learn here. Thanks, Andrew. Amen. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.